Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage folks are with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience it's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up at 12.20 p.m. Eastern, we have the sensational Ryan Hickey, who joins us in studio right now for Worker Shoot. Hello, Hick. Kenny, what's up? We're doing oh, worker shoot right now. Show. No, I said at twelve twenty oh. p.m. Eastern. You said not right we're now. doing worker shoot right now. Ryan I know. Hickey. I said at twelve twenty, and I said he joins us in studio right now. It's Ryan Hickey. See, you got to hang on my every word, or you're going to be lost. You see how that works, there, son? Yes. No, I apologize. Okay, good, because you're already going to make me upset. I don't know whether or not I want to do this now, or I want to do this later, because you got me very angry earlier in the week about a certain subject that's near and dear to my heart. I don't want to do it at high noon Eastern when I have so many other things that I have to get into. If you miss the first two hours, folks, we are breaking new ground. We have we have found new things here. I feel like I've discovered the double helix when it comes to quarterback markets, the emerging quarterback market in the NFL, and I feel so good about it. You know why? Because Hickey has his own radio show, and he stole it earlier this week. Didn't you, Hickey? Think I didn't see are it? Are you, you think kidding I didn't me? See it? You How stole it. You stole dare it from you? Me. You stole it from America. How dare you? you? Steal it. it. You stole it. If anything, it. I came up with it. Oh, you did? This Is guy that the case? claiming I am stealing oh, ideas. I, I have become Bill Paxton and Twister right now. And you have become Jonas. And you with Dot 3 are stealing my Dorothy. Because I had the great... It was myself and a little bit of you and a lot of Anthony Lima. If anything, Lima gets, get part, gets part credit for this. Not you. Not you, Hickey. This is some real slander going on right here. I do not appreciate this. I have been workshopping this idea. I talked workshopping to workshopping my ass. I talked to your former producer Thomas Di Benedetto. We were talking about this for a while as a Jets fan himself. I am just fawning over Sam Donald on the Colts right now, and we started developing that uh, that conversation into what other uh, quarterbacks could uh, be on the move. People, and it really, honestly, Ken, I promise this is where it started. It started last Sunday when I'm talking to a few Jets fans here at the studio who are dying to get rid of Sam Darnold, who are dying to get Trevor Lawrence to come in, dying to get rid of Adam Gase. That you doesn't pig. change anything. You liar. That's you where pig. it started. I feel like Rosalind Franklin 
and James Watson right now. You don't know who either I of those people no are, I have no clue who any of those people are. See, that's why I'm just better than you in every way. I'm kidding, Hickey. But seriously, you got to learn. Your, come on, learn a little of the history there, buddy. Learn a little bit of history. In all honesty. Now, Hick, Hickey didn't steal anything. I'm just, I'm just going after him and being a goofball here. Hickey didn't steal anything. We talked about this, and certainly, <laughs> folks, <laughs> this is not a discovery that I'm sure every fan has already thought of because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about LeBron and free throws at some point here, but now I'm just my, – my mind is busting. It is just going crazy with the, with the possibilities because I, I opened up the show today and I said, I watch Kyler Murray play well. I go, how? How? And I watch Steve Kime save his own ass. Steve Kime was as good as gone. and I, We had Cardinals fans when I was ripping Steve Kime a couple years ago. They go, Ken, it was Bidwell. Don't you see, Ken? It was the owner of the Cardinals who made that decision. I said, I don't care. You signed off on it. You went with it. These guys get thrown under the bus. Owners make decisions all the time, and general managers get thrown under the bus. You take Rosen 10 overall. You put him with Wilkes, and we're moving on in one year with all these guys. And they win, they got Kyler Murray, and they put him with Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, a glorified college coach, really an offensive guy who had nothing. I thought he was more – I would love to call him Ron Zook, except Ron Zook actually recruited. I, I'm not sure what to actually compare Cliff Kingsbury to. All this goodwill at Texas Tech to go 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven every year. Well, you know what? You got an offensive guy, and maybe – and this helps out for a lot of coaches. There are guys who are good at recruiting and coaching, and those guys are named Nick Saban and Urban Meyer and a couple of other guys. And there's guys that are good with the X's and O's, and they just want their players to play football. They don't want to deal with that. They want to play with grown men. They don't want to deal with any of the, the college college problems that are there. And Cliff Kingsbury may very well be that guy. Because the Cardinals got something going, and I'm thinking they have unlocked something here that for years, for years, fans have wanted to do. Because there was a time where you would watch a quarterback come out and you knew it. You knew he sucked. And you knew the problem was is he wasn't going to suck bad enough where you were only going to hold on to him for a year and away you went. This guy was going to suck so bad but still be decent enough where you are going to hold on to him for a long time. There there was the, the Christian Ponder scenario. Or if I want to extend it even further... I know one of these guys has been to a Super Bowl here, and this is going to be rough, but a lot of fans are saying it, so I'm just going to say what you guys say. Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. If I were to open up the phones and say, do you have any faith that either one of these guys will ever go back to a Super Bowl? I know Ryan's been to one. What would you say? You'd say no. Falcons fans are already thinking that this season was a total wash, and (laughs) Falcons fans, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with you. You could have fired Dan Quinn last year, and then that new coach would have to deal with a pandemic and no training camp and no OTAs and having to bring together people and trying to win, except the problem is is that it probably wouldn't be worse than 0-2, which you already are right now. So you have these guys that so much money has been committed to and and time and effort, and they're not going to give you anything. Why? Because they were first overall picks? Because they were top-end first-round picks? Josh Rosen was a top-end first-round pick. Arizona, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to probably make the playoffs this year because the 49ers can't stay healthy. We have Kyler Murray, we have Cliff Kingsbury, and away we go. We're setting the NFL on fire. Washington's still chasing after him. 
Larry Fitzgerald has drank from the fountain of youth. They have DeAndre Hopkins. He's more than happy to be out in Arizona. It seems like it's one of the best situations that you can find. And a couple of years ago, they were a complete and total mess. Boom. Happens like that. And there's been so many fans going, I've been calling my local sports talk radio shows and and been saying this, and they don't want to believe me. They gave so-and-so more time. They kept wanting to make this guy out to be something. He was terrible. And then you watch what else is going on around the league. Because I can't ignore Tennessee and how good Ryan Tannehill has been. And it's not where he's been. He's not been Lamar Jackson. He Well, four touchdowns in a game is pretty damn good. But he's not been Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, but he's been solid. He's been effective. He's used his weapons the way he's wanted to use them. He's needed to use them. And Mike Vrabel's a guy who gets it. And now you may have an emerging QB market because it's exactly what Hickey said while I give him a hard time. I turned on WFAN earlier this week. Joe and Evan are arguing about whether the Jets or Giants are going to get Trevor Lawrence. The Giants. The Giants who just took Daniel Jones. The Giants. Yes, the Giants are in that conversation. The Sam Darnold and the Jets are in that conversation because Adam Gase is going to go. I mean, I'd imagine they probably are the worst team in the NFL. And Sam Darnold, you can see, he's basically, I hate to say this, but he's a, he's a wounded puppy. He does make some plays, but that team has no chance whatsoever to really compliment him or help him. And I just think there's plenty of guys who are like Mike Vrabel in this league, good, solid coaches, good good leaders, guys that you know that you, you believe you can count on. It, it's been a little up and down with some of these guys, but you think you can count on them. Guys like Peterson, McVay I'd throw in there, but he's 2-0 right now with Jared Goff. Jared Goff's been fantastic to start off this season. Guys like Peterson, uh, guys like maybe Nagy, Reich, Sean Payton. Sean Payton has his own problem right now with an old coach. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus was on with us at 1040 a.m. this morning. Uh, He said he'd probably move on to Jameis Winston already. Got guys like that who go, boy, I could do something with Sam Darnold. And for a lot of us, we go, yeah, maybe there is such a thing as time and place, and this isn't the time or the place for Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold were going to end up with the New Orleans Saints in 2021, would you think that that's probably a decent idea. I bet I would. I bet a lot of people would. Frank Reich over there in Indianapolis, they seem to can't really get their their hands on a, on a, on a quarterback and a long-term answer for that. Phillip Rivers, boy, he looked old in game one. Put it on in some teams, some players in game two. I'll give him that. Boy, he looked old in game one, but it was game one. Jacoby Brissett, they're not really committed to him. Doesn't look like Andrew Luck's going to come back anytime soon. There's always people on the other side of that, but I can only go with facts. I don't think he's going to be back. Maybe Sam Darnold looks okay there. Maybe if Carson Wentz ends up out of Philadelphia, maybe Carson Wentz looks okay there. There's so many other possibilities. We could see a secondary market for quarterbacks where we're not giving up on these guys, where it's not this guy is garbage and and no longer useful. It's, hey, there's a different scenario for him. I think it's very exciting. The system of college football has finally caught up to the NFL. Guys come in from different organizations where they run different offenses, where they run a completely different system in college football. It's a lot of gun, a lot of look over to the sideline, get the box from the sideline, get the get, get the signal from the sideline, and everybody does that. Offensive linemen, we're seeing a lot of offensive linemen struggling to, to really make that transition to the NFL. And so there are certain guys who are matched up with certain coaches, and away they go. And there are other ones who struggle. They get taken by organizations that tanked previously, that can't keep a general manager, that can't keep a head coach. They put too much on that quarterback, and they go out there and they fail. 
Does that mean that they're a horrible quarterback? In some cases, yes. Some guys just are not cut out to be NFL QBs. But in some cases, we're seeing more and more, especially with college football. They're not changing for anybody. they got to win football games themselves. Their goal is to not just get everybody ready for the NFL. they got to go out and they got to win football games. But now we might be seeing where, no, maybe quarterback X isn't just slop. Maybe quarterback X needs Coach Z in the right spot, and that guy's going to do well, and that guy's going to put his team in the playoffs. The only question left to be answered is whether or not Ryan Tannehill can get the Tennessee Titans through this 2020 season and even further, meaning to go to Super Bowl 55. I can't make that point yet. I don't know that point yet. My heart, because of history, because I don't want to buy into newfangled notions just so quickly, my heart tells me no. But I don't want to look foolish. Mike Vrabel's a good coach. That's a pretty talented football team still. And Ryan Tannehill's been answering some questions so far. But this is exciting, folks. This is exciting as it's gotten. We might have something very new right in front of our very own eyes. And for you as a fan, hey, you get to hold your coach more accountable and you get to hold your quarterback more accountable. Because now we are seeing something where there was a time where you could settle in and get ready because the next four years that quarterback's going to play with the exception of certain scenarios where the guy was just that bad and maybe had personal problems. There was a time you drafted a guy and you settle in. You better get good and comfortable because this kid's going to be committed to for at least four seasons. Might not be that way anymore. So you get to be justified in what you say about your head coach because now there's going to be more pressure on these head coaches. Guys like Nagy and Shanahan and Peterson and Reich and Peyton and McVay, these guys that I've said glorious things about over the last 10 minutes, hey, now all of a sudden, if you can't get it going with this guy, maybe you were the problem. Now there's more pressure on them, and there's more pressure on that quarterback. And for you, if you're a Chiefs fan, yeah, you're probably going to love Patrick Mahomes for a long time. Probably the same thing in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. But if you're a fan of one of these teams that has a quarterback, that that's an iffy conversation, and you're saying, I just can't, I can't do that. You know, that's not right to that quarterback. No, Arizona's showing you it might be right. Maybe you are right. Maybe it is time to move on from this guy. Maybe all the crazies that call in saying to move on from their quarterback, maybe they end up being right. Because there's just no time anymore. We want the next best thing. Patrick Mahomes is the next best thing. He is so good, he makes other teams make poor decisions. Kind of like what I've said about Golden State in the NBA in, the, in years years past. And now you're going to be forcing your team to make some strong decisions coming up because there might be some teams that either have a guy that, that's young over the last couple of years, but hey, if you're a Giants fan, what do you do? You don't have Saquon Barkley anymore for the rest of the year. What do you do if you're a Giants fan and you end up with one of those two picks? You going to trade down? You really going to do that? Or are you going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance or are you going to take uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall? Which one are you going to do? If you're a Jets fan, you'll definitely move on from Sam Darnold. Just think about it. The wrong injury this year, what would you do? Hell, Kyle Shanahan, let's bring this up for just a second. They'll have Nick Mullins going out there. I think Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, will be a competitive team. But say the bottom does fall out. You had a lot of injuries there. What if the bottom does fall out and one of those three quarterbacks are right there? What do you think Shanahan's going to do? See that committed to Jimmy Garoppolo? All you guys after the Super Bowl were calling me up saying that this guy's not the right fit. He's overrated. He's not what it takes to really win a championship in the NFL. It's all Shanahan. Well, if Shanahan's that good, 
Maybe it just gets one of those rookie quarterbacks who you guys are going to say is better. And then how many of you guys would line up for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? These are strong questions. And what we have here, and Hickey, I guess you can share some of the credit, is a new emerging QB market. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern, I got to get into what I wanted to say about the Lakers. It's going to happen. Up next, though, work or shoot. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. One, two, four, CBS. Coming up a little bit later on, I want to know more about Bill Belichick's shirt. I know his mother passed away this week, and we do send our condolences, but that shirt is 20 years old. I need to know more about that, and I'll tell you by, by the end of the show. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Also, Marco Belletti made me think of something I'm going to have to share it in the next segment. I'm a little bit nervous because I don't know if people are going to take it the right way. So I think we're going to hold our breaths and smoke them if you got them because i got to get this off my chest. Right now, though, is it time for work or shoot, Hick? Oh, it's definitely time. Yeah, let's do it! All right, Kenny. five questions or five works. Remember, work is a false. Shoot is a true. So it's basically true or false, but I want to confuse everybody, so I do work or shoot. I'm right. not doing true or false. Every show in America does true or false. We're doing work or shoot. Work is false. Shoot is true. So it's technically false or true. You'll figure it out. Go. All right. <laughs> so after retiring multiple times, it seems Conor McGregor is back, but he won't be returning to the Octagon. McGregor, McGregor tweeted on Friday that he'll be boxing Manny Pacquiao in the Middle East sometime around the New Year. So work or shoot, Conor McGregor will beat Manny Pacquiao. Um, how old's Manny Pacquiao now? Like seventy three? Yeah, it feels like it was. I mean, no, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, no and how, how young, Conor McGregor did it. Conor McGregor had a decent showing of himself in his last boxing match. You know what? I'm saying shoot. I think that's straight shooting, brother. Yeah. I think I I think he'll beat him. Yeah, I think that the other guy's old and I think he's gonna win that fight. I, I give me give me Conor McGregor. I think he's I, I don't care. I think he's a sideshow and a goofball anyway, but this is a sideshow match. Let's be serious. I, I'm gonna say shoot. I think that uh I think Conor McGregor's gonna win that. All right, good start. Here we go. And just uh Manny Pacquiao by the time the fight happens will be forty two. That's it? I know, a lot younger Manny than Manny Pacquiao's well. only going to be 42 Crazy. years old? How old's Conor McGregor? Uh, 30-something. Manny Pacquiao's only 42 years old. He will, like, he's 41. He'll be 42 by the time the fight oh starts. Oh, my yes. God. How long has he been boxing professionally since he was a, a, a 12 years old? Conor McGregor is 32, so he'll be a full decade younger. It feels like he's been boxing for, what, two, 20 I years swear, now? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That changes things. 42, I mean, you can box and be good at 42. You can. Uh, th- that sport is different from some of the other ones. Some of those old hands, you think that they're just going to get worked because in a lot of professional sports, just youngers beat them. Experience counts. You know what? I'm going back. I, I say that's a work. I got worked. I got kayfabed on that, brother. I'm saying it's a work. I say Manny Pacquiao wins. I thought, folks, I thought Manny Pacquiao was 70 years old. I thought he was at least 50. He's, he'll be 42 by the time that fight comes around. He's as old as Drew Brees. Yes. It's so probably basically, the same arm as Drew Brees. So in, in, that, in that age group, all the kids were going and, and, and being on Nickelodeon guts, and he was actually fighting in professional bouts. Yeah. All the other kids around the world were going to Universal Studios 
and they were fighting in cat. They were fighting in double dare, and he was actually fighting in professional fights. He has to have been fighting since he was ten years old. Probably he's right? only forty two. I'm taking Manny Pacquiao next. I change it. Give me Pacquiao. Go the old bait and switch. All right. Wow, that so- was what they call a swerve, brother. Swerve. Go ahead. All right, so down in Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski has yet to have an impact with the Buccaneers that many thought he would. Through the first two games, Gronk has just two catches for 11 yards. But don't worry, he doesn't seem phased though, by the lack of targets, as Gronk said this yesterday. Work or shoot, Gronk will retire again before the season ends. Oh, no, he'll wait till the season's over. That's that's a work. That's false. Yeah, he'll 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 wait till the season's end. He'll he'll finish the year, but he may very well just retire. But it's only again, it's only two weeks. I I think that this is being used as a preseason. This is why I still think there needs to be a preseason. And I know a lot of fans they get upset about that. I don't think you should be paying a full price for a for a football game in the preseason anyway. I think that's wrong too. But I think they need some of that preseason time because I think that, yes, he would have more if they would have been able to work out some of those kinks during a preseason. you got guys who are working out kinks during the regular season this year, and it it doesn't really work out. It shouldn't work out that way. So we're wondering where so-and-so is, where Rob Gronkowski is. Why does he only have four targets and four catches or whatever it is? Because you got to work those things out. And And the people who make the argument about college football, they don't need the preseason and they do just fine, that's why big Power 5 schools play mid-major schools because those are supposed to be the preseason. If you could ask any one of those coaches during normal times, not during the pandemic, if you could ask them during normal times, they would say, yes, we'd love to have a tune-up game. We'd love to have two where we could scrimmage with another team in the area. But it's the, the logistics of it is very, very difficult, especially when you're looking at big-time college football where there's a vast amount of space between those two teams. They really don't want to do that because you've got a month to get ready for the season. But I bet they'd love to get together and have a scrimmage. And not have to deal with that during the regular season. Because every now and then, yeah, you get snuck up on by a team. But I, I think this is showing you this type of struggles here is why, yeah, okay, four is too many. And no, I don't believe you should be paying the full freight. You're not watching real NFL football. Half the guys you're watching are not professional football players through most of it. They, they're trying to be. They're trying to be just like anyone of you and I would be. But they're not. But I, I think that you need a little bit of a preseason. Yeah. Next. All right, Kenny, it's been quite a week for college football. First, the it SEC has. has kicked off this week for the first time this year. It did. And they are playing a 10-game conference-only schedule. They are. Also this week, though, the Pac-12, Mountain West, and MAC conferences all announced they are playing football at some point this fall, meaning all 10 conferences will be playing football in some capacity. Work or shoot, the college football playoff should expand for this season to eight teams. <sighs> I want to say shoot. The only reason I say, I, I but I got to say work because we don't know what's going to happen with all. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. So I got to say false. I, I'm happy with anything. Honestly, if they just do it old style and they go, okay, we're going to vote for number one versus number two and it's going to be Alabama and Clemson again or what the hell, then fine, do it that way. Because I, 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 I'm you know, nervous about things. Like things... I don't know. The anytime I say anything about the pandemic, someone gets in and they get crazy about it. I'd like to say things are going the right way. I don't know. The weather's going to get cool again. We have no idea about what's going to happen. So eight, eight teams would make some sense during this time. Yeah, oh, yeah, it would. Definitely it would. But 
in the realistic scenario of what we're dealing with right now, if they could get eight, that'd be great. But I'm I'm happy with just two. I'm happy with them just going the old BCS. Wow, route you want to go backwards? Yeah, Less playoff teams. I don't. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. But I'm willing to deal with it. I I told you I'm willing to deal with the old way where you play a bowl game and then we just vote on who's who's the national champion anyway. Holy smokes! You want to talk about archaic thinking? That's the way it was because I'm just trying to get a season accomplished. That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm at a point now. I'm bargaining. I'm bargaining here. Uh, Hickey, I, I'm willing to do whatever just to get a season in. It's like, yeah, I know things are different. I'm willing to do this. Like, I know that Ari Wasserman was on the network a couple of what a, a couple of months ago and said, well, what's the point if we can't crown a national champion? If we can't do this, we can't do that. I'd still like to see college football. These guys would still like to get something on tape. East Carolina, they're playing UCF, and UCF is one. But like, let me look at East Carolina right now, just on TV. These are players who are trying to get something on tape. They want to play. They want to. They've worked hard throughout the entire offseason, even knowing we're, we're we're dealing with what we're dealing with. They want to be able to play, so I I, I support them. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to go to a bowl game. In a traditional sense, maybe they could, but they're not this year. Probably not going to have bowl games this year. But I'm willing to I'm willing to deal with this. That's okay. But I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. So I have to say work. As much as I want to say shoot, it's a, it's it's false. It's a work. Next. All right, Kenny, so we'll stick with college football, and we'll zone in on one conference that is near and dear to your heart, the MAC Conference. Now, they were the last two announced. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are being redundant. It, if I were to kind of call it, it's the Mid-American Conference. MAC is short for Mid-American Conference, so you're saying Mid-American Conference Conference. <sighs> okay, I apologize. Yeah, take that, Pally. Next. Okay, we'll, just, we'll skip that one. <laughs> Skip it. Go ahead and ask the question. <laughs> That's ask a punishment you get where you don't want to ask no, the question. No, ask answer. the question. Ask it, please. All right. So, thankfully, all of us college football fans will get some action back because they did announce in November they will play Tuesday and Wednesday nights before transitioning to Saturdays back in December. So, workers shoot. The MAC, just the MAC, not the MAC conference, the MAC should downgrade and move down to the FCS level. Somebody, Work or shoot. Somebody wrote me a a message on Facebook and I have long I have long bandied this about. I think a lot of mid American conference schools are basketball schools. And meaning that you know, just from my area, Akron has had a had a rich history over the last twenty years of basketball and even previously from that. I mean Bobby Huggins was the coach here at one point. Um Kent State has had a very nice history with basketball. OU has had a rich history with basketball. Miami of Ohio has actually had a rich history in both. The Cradle of Coaches and when the late, great Charlie Coles were there, they were a fantastic tournament team. And I mean, one of the one of the best personalities ever in college basketball. And I, as a person who covered the Mid-American Conference, I miss him sincerely. Um, they were a good team during that time. Wally and everybody, and they broke the mold when they beat Kent State, went to the tournament the one year. Uh, there was a lot of fun to have. I think that the way things are going right now, how long can you sustain major D1 college football? And somebody had written this, a man named Mike, and goes, well, Ken, how much money does it really save? And I'm not talking about whether or not it saves money. I, I, I think that there's a better use of funds. If a school like Akron, I went to Akron, let me use them as an example. A school like Akron has a very good soccer program. A, a school like Akron has a very good, pretty good uh, basketball program. They continue to sink dollars into football when nobody goes to those games, when they consistently make the same mistake a lot of mid-major institutions do, where most people in Ohio are going to want to watch Ohio State football. 
They are not interested in basically anything else. But because of the area we're in, where it's a very football rabbit area, you have good players who are right from this backyard. It's been a notorious mistake for a long time of not getting players from your own backyard in a football-rich area and letting those players go to BG and Toledo and Miami of Ohio and OU and and even like West Virginia and a couple other places, Youngstown State that's already a FCS school. If I go to FCS, is that going to affect my attendance? No, no one's going to the games in the first place. Is that going to affect television revenue? Well, it might, but you remember, if you're playing on a Tuesday night, could I get the same revenue? Yes, I could, because gamblers who are watching that on Tuesday night are still going to watch it on Tuesday night. I still see FCS football on ESPN3 and ESPN Plus and ESPNU, so I don't think that's affected by it at all. And plus, you still get those million-dollar payouts. Well, I'm not sure about the economics of it after all this is done, but you still get major check games because Youngstown State still goes and makes those trips. Missouri State still goes and makes those trips. Kent State, Akron, OU, all these other places that could very well be FCS could go out and make those trips and be perfectly fine. We are propping up D1 football for very little reason. I, I need to know what what is the positive outcome of this other than me being able to be on the radio going, hey, what the Akron? We're D1 football. I'd rather play – I'd rather build a program – that has good players locally, and this is everywhere. I'd rather build a program that has good players locally, have their parents come, actually build a relationship with those parents and be like, hey, you're allowed to be an Ohio State fan, but you can also be the fan of this as well. And we're not technically competing against each other and actually get people in there. And I'd rather play in a postseason playoff than winning the Idaho Potato Bowl. I'd rather do that. I use James Madison as the example there. Harrisonburg, Virginia. I don't know what else there is to do in Harrisonburg, Virginia. i got nothing against those people. They seem like they're fine people. Because they go and they fill that place up over at James Madison. A beautiful stadium, beautiful program. They've had some winning. They've had some success. People support them. I think you can do the same thing. I don't know what this addiction to D1 football is. And you can use App State. You can try to use Boise State. Those are two. What about the other ones? South Alabama, some of these other programs. Why? What are you doing? Next. All right, Kay, we'll finish up with this, a topic you've hit on a lot on today's show, and there are a few young quarterbacks whose time with their respective teams could be coming to an end. Sam Darnold with the Jets, Daniel Jones with the Giants, Baker Mayfield in your backyard in Cleveland, and even possibly Carson Wentz with the Eagles all could be on new teams next year. So mm. workers shoot. Baker Mayfield will be on a new team in 2021. Oh, that's a work. Come on, you did that just to troll me. That's a work. What if they have enough? Ken, you were saying to me last week that if the Browns lose to the Bengals, well, all bets are off. You've you've all bets are off with the fans. I said all bets are off with the fans. Listen to calls. Listen to the segment. It was all about Baker's not the guy. Uh You don't see it. But I'll say this, Ken: if it's true, if it's just about the fans, some organizations. Do listen to what the fans say. They cave to fan pressure. If enough of Cleveland is in an uproar, but Baker Mayfield going six and ten or five and eleven and just not developing yeah, the but way they, they want for to. That guy. They tanked for that guy. So yeah, you have to put that into consideration as well. They 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 did multiple years to 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 get Baker Mayfield. Whether that's a good idea or not, and you know where I've stood in the past, but 
they tanked for that guy. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to do it. But, no, if he goes out there and he looks like garbage tomorrow against Washington and looks like garbage again throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the season, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to Case Keenum and then maybe very well they do line up and take another quarterback. He's not out of the woods, but I think they're going to give him every opportunity to prove that he's the guy. And we did see last week. I don't think Cincinnati's that terrible of a football team. I think their defensive front that they didn't have Geno Atkins or Mike Daniels. I, I think their defensive front is still pretty decent, and I think Baker Mayfield made a pretty strong showing of himself. If they continue to, to stack those type of performances, he's got a little bit of a future, and that is work or shoot. Now, I'm about to introduce Marco Bloody. When we come back, i got to get to this Lakers thing, but when we come back, i got something i got to get off my chest. Hickey, I don't know how you're going to take it because Marco had me thinking a couple of weeks ago. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by Geico. Did you know that right now Geico's offering an extra 50% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what Geico could already save you, folks. What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. I'm actually headed out in the area where my um, insurance agent lives right now. Oh, after the show. Not right now. That'd be weird. But right after the show. My niece's birthday. We're, I'm headed out to Youngstown right after the show. I won't see my insurance agent because he hides from me, because I don't have Geico, and he just jacks up my rates. That's the way it works. Marco Belletti had me thinking about something. I'm going to get to this LeBron point coming up. Marco Belletti, Marco Belletti has me thinking of something, and I, folks, if I'm going to say this, you got to hear me out and don't freak out. Marco just had a second kid, right? Hickey, he just had a second child, right? I thought you were going to say something else, but yes. Yes, he did. I don't know what I was going to say, but okay. Marco well, you started just had... with an S. I thought you were going to go somewhere else, but yes, he has a second kid. Oh, yeah. Marco just had a second kid. And we congratulate Marco. Wonderful, wonderful accomplishment. I wonder, though, how many guys had the same epiphany I did when we when Liz had our third son, Jonah, just over a year ago. Because it came to my mind, like I'm standing there, and, and folks, if you've ever seen me, I'm a man who's known for plain dress. I, I, don't, I, I won't wear sweatpants in public. I won't leave the, the master bedroom without being clothed. I don't like that. It's very rare. I will ever, unless something crazy is going on, I, I got to wear some form of basketball shorts and, and, and a shirt to bed. I can't do the underwear stuff. It's No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very reserved, very conservative in my dress. And when I go around, you can usually see me in some sort of a plain T-shirt, work pants, work jeans, and uh, boots, Timberland or otherwise. That's usually what I'm wearing. And I I, I had this thought, this was, because when you have your first kid, there's there's this unbelievable feeling. Most guys cry. I couldn't cry. I was so overcome with life happening in front of me, I couldn't cry. But by the third kid, you kind of you kind of get the lay of the land, and it dawned on me after they were cleaning up Jonah and they were putting him on the board and everything, and you know making sure that he's breathing and all that other stuff that they do to the baby. I mean the normal stuff. Um, it, it occurred to me because he wasn't crying the way he was supposed to, and so they were like, "Well, we really want him to you know make sure those lungs are working." Da, 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 da. And it occurred to me, I go, I counted the people in the room. There were six medical professionals plus my wife and I. Liz is in the bed. She's Now she's to the point where, obviously, she's not going to be able to help herself out. My goodness. She can't even walk. 
there are six medical professionals in the room. They're all board certified. They're all trained. They are all they have all went to college for this. Some form of schooling for this. They know what they're doing. The person who delivered my sons, she's been a doctor for 40 years and ain't her first rodeo. They are all to the nines in what they need to be. And I'm standing there next to my wife, and I have a flannel shirt on, work pants, and work boots. And it dawns on me, I'm thinking, you know, I know I'm supposed to be here for emotional support, and I wouldn't miss this for the world. Let's put this out there now, because this is going to be taken the wrong way by some, but the hell with you, I just, I just gave you exactly what I think of it. I really have no business being in that delivery room, do I? I mean, when you really break it down, it is pretty ludicrous. I have no business being in that delivery room. There, The six medical professionals, there were one man, there were five women, and they were all maybe as tall as me to my chest. If something were to go wrong, Hickey, and my wife were to be in danger or the child were to be in danger, I'm an emotional person. I try not to freak out. I would freak out. I, I think I could only get in the way, wouldn't I? I think I could only make matters worse. If things go the way they're supposed to go, then it's a wonderful moment for everybody. But if things go poorly, I'm going to be, you know I'm a loud mouth, so I'm going to be yelling. Other people from the other rooms are going to get freaked out by it. The people around me are going to get freaked out by it. And then, honestly, because I'm so big and they're all so small, is it or is it not like one of those old Fox shows where they're trying to bring the elephant down after the elephant's attack? Like, it's kind of one of those things. And I just noticed while they were cleaning up my son, and I'm sitting there staring at this going on, and I'm thinking, I have no business being here. I have no medical reason to be in this delivery room. If something were to go wrong, I would only make things not just worse, I think ten times worse. And it's the only thing, when you think about it, it's the only thing we're there for, for support with. Like, if I were to get a vasectomy, my wife's not coming in there and holding my hand during it, is she? If they give me open-heart surgery, which they are damn going to do someday, I'm sure, does Liz hang out in there? No. Because medical professionals have to be there to keep me alive while they do the procedure, and then if something goes wrong, to make sure that they can resuscitate me if things go wrong. The whole situation seems to be bizarre. I can hear Hickey not wanting to say anything because I think he thinks, again, I'm saying that I did it and it was the right thing to do. I watched the whole thing. And for all the to-be dads out there, I encourage you, because you should go in there, it is the normal part of society now. But when I really break it down, I had no business being in that room, Hickey. Oh, I mean, I'm, I, I had I'm no not saying anything because I feel like I'm just no at all being in there. perspective to add, but your points are valid. Like, I have to me, it makes all the sense in the world. You're right. If you, if God forbid something happens, even something yeah. minor, but something happens where yeah. medical assistance is needed, all we are as men in the, in the delivery room are just wasted space, the, occupying yeah, exactly. space, taking up attention. And God Folks, forbid, like you said, what if you know you're not easy with blood or you faint? Exactly. I'm diverting attention this. away. Folks, I'm not trying to take this back to 1957. Uh, the 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 modern American man, whether you agree with or not, we have changed. And in a lot of ways, certainly emotionally, for the better, for the better, I would say, in a lot of ways, for the better. And I am there for my wife, and if she were to become pregnant again, I'd be there again. But if you really break it down, 
again, if I had a knee surgery, if I had a hip replacement, when my wife inevitably gets a breast augmentation, do I hang out in there for that, for her emotional support? No, I don't. It's the only thing. We're talking about one life having to be kept in balance and another life having to be started. It is a major occurrence, folks. Like bringing a life into the world, it is a major thing where any host of things can go wrong. You remember Frontier Days, you hear the story. Ah, goodness. Ellen Woodson, she had 14 kids. Two of them lived. What? Half of them died at childhood. It's a serious thing. And I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, if something bad were to happen here, I would be going nuts. They'd be tackling me. They wouldn't be able to handle my wife. I mean, good on them for being able to do it, but it, it, I, I couldn't help it, Hickey. It was one thing I noticed, because in any other scenario, they would say, Mrs. Carmen, you, you need to leave the room, please. Okay, this is the last time you'll see each other until after the surgery. Bye-bye. Mr. Carmen, this will be the end. Bye-bye. Like, they, they wouldn't do that in any other life. I'm glad we – and by the way, for all you dads, again, watch. I know you say you don't want to watch. Watch. It's incredible. When that head pops out, holy Toledo. Unbelievable feeling. I got something on the Lakers coming up. I'm still going to attack Hickey over another matter. And Matt Patricia, it's better to be silent and thought of fool than speak and remove all doubt, buddy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.